My name is Lena Chang. Today is December 17, 2019, and I'm here with Ras Omil Novado Morgan at the Central Library for the Our Streets, Our Stories project at the Brooklyn Public Library. So, Ross, could you first start out with sharing your reflections on 1619? Yes, the 1619 Our Streets, Our Story is a commemorative of the introduction of Africans under the British colonial um, enslavement of the Africans in the first colony of Virginia and being in 2019 it's a 400 years commemoration that speak to the resiliency of the individuals who I am a continuation of as a African that was birthed in Jamaica I feel the 1619 commemoration and um, acknowledgement speak also to the experience of those in Jamaica being we share the, the same colonial history of Britain. So I began my study on the 1619 project actually in reading the Holy Bible, King James Version, and there's a 400 years that is referenced in the Bible in Genesis 15 verses 13 through 15. And it led me into becoming aware of a law that the United States Congress passed to commemorate the 400 years of Africans' arrival, as the law stated, in what became the United States of America. This law is H.R. 1242, which was signed into law by the current 45th president, Donald Trump, and it became public law 115-102. That law specified that Americans and the country on a whole should acknowledge the Africans' influence on what eventually became our United States of America. So for me, 1619 is acknowledging those who built the nation and as a descendant of those who built the nation, I am obligated to speak for them because they were not able to speak at that time. So that's in just 1619 is a year that it's not necessarily taught to us within the construct of our education. However, the remembrance of those who endured rests with me, and I feel honored to have the opportunity through the Brooklyn Public Library to, to acknowledge them. And the fact that we are in the year itself, 2019, which is somewhat two weeks away from being 2020, the importance of the our streets, our story recording and, and oral history, I think is very important. You told me a little bit about your own oral history project yes. that you were considering. Could you tell us a little bit more about that project? Yes. Well, my parents are the impetus for me to think of recording an oral history of them and 
the larger community that I lived in, which is Brooklyn, in Canarsie, Brooklyn. We are predominantly Africans from the Caribbean, from Jamaica, the island, from Haiti, from Cuba, from the country Guyana, from Trinidad and Tobago. And we who have migrated to the United States of America are the continuance of those Africans that live there and also experience after 1619 the enslavement of themselves. The recording that I am working to um, document is those who have migrated to the United States within the last, I would say, 60 years because roughly around 1950, after the World War II, a lot of migration happened from the Caribbean, and those immigrants have embedded themselves in the, what's the fabric of the United States of America. However, their contribution may not be as much highlighted as it should be. And for us to know that the Africans who are in America and the Africans from the Caribbean, we are one. We are one in our ancestral link to the continent of Africa, and we are one in our experience of colonialism and imperialism vis-a-vis -vis the European colonial powers. So similar to what our streets, our story is doing, um, in the 16, 19, 400 years later, I feel more motivated, more encouraged to begin that project for 2020. And I have equipment access through a community-based um, program. And I'm very much, again, just humbled and honored to carry out what is being done with the Our Street, Our Stories um, podcast and oral history recording. It's great to hear. Yes. And is there anything you'd like to share with the future generation? Yes. The continuation of the legacy of slavery in the United States of America is what has afforded me the opportunity to further study the the historical happenings around slavery. Prior to the event that was held at the Brooklyn Public Library on October, I believe the 26th, and it stated till victory. And I have been advocating, promoting, us remembering the 400-year commemoration due to H.R. 1242 and the fact that the United States Congress passed a law that we, the descendants, and we, the Americans on a whole, should commemorate who built this America. The United States of America, through its declaration of 1776, July 4th, became former colonies that became 13 states and these united 13 states formed the United States of America. 
So for our coming generation, my hope and my prayer is we know the story. It's, it's something that we cannot forget of how we got here because it is said through the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, one of our prophets, if we don't know where we're coming from, we will not know where we're going. So history, as it says, his story may not reflect the truth around 1619. For one who have studied, I'm still not aware of the history of the, these United States from 1619 till 1776 with the Declaration of Independence. So I would pray coming generation to unmask, learn of the colonial history prior to the United States America, of America being formed by the former British colonies that transformed themselves in what we know today as the United States that formed the United States of America. So my hope and my prayer for coming generation is to use resources like what's at the Brooklyn Public Library, Library, and other public institution to not forget, never forget. And we only can share that which we, we cannot hold on to anything. So the little I know, I just wish to pass forward to the coming generation so they can continue the, tra the trajectory of, you know, completely ending slavery. Um, there is an important document in the trajectory of slavery from 1619. The years are 1619, 1776, 1789, and 1865. December 6, 1865, after the ending of the Civil War, the United States of America ratified the 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution. My hope for the future is that this document, the 13th Amendment, be studied vigorously and be challenged in all its form to ultimately ending the practice that began in 1619. The 13th Amendment states, neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist in the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. The key in that statement of our 13th Amendment is accept. Slavery itself on December 6, 1865 was transformed in what our current state is called the prison industrial complex. Instead of ending slavery in all its form, the states transformed the practice from private ownership to state ownership of humans. And that document, the 13th Amendment, has inspired myself to have returned to college in 2015 to carry out the aim and objective of, of ultimately addressing the 13th Amendment in the United States Supreme Court and in the world court holding accountable the entities that have continued slavery since 
December 6, 1865. So for us, the 13th Amendment is assigned to the number 13, which in the construct of the Western teaching is an unlucky number. No number is unlucky. In Ethiopia, for instance, there's 13 months of the year under not the Gregorian calendar, but the Ethiopian calendar. Also, the 13 is linked to here in the United States of America, the first 13 colonies that became the first 13 states that form our union, the United States of America. Also, 13 is linked to the scripture of Jacob having 12 sons plus one. Also, it's linked to the individual Christ having 12 disciples plus himself. So for us to not look at the 13th Amendment, it will guise the society to feel that from 1619 till 1865, the practice has been ended. So I would pray for coming generation that the bondage that started in Jamestown will eventually one day be completely ended in the United States of America. And uh, before we end this interview, is there anything else you'd like to share? Yes. What I have to share, as I spoke of the 13th Amendment, is the importance of the United States Constitution. The United States Constitution, although written under this construct of hate can be viewed and held similar to the snake bite. As an individual is bitten by the snake, the venom becomes the antidote. So I feel the United States Constitution can level the playing field by us studying it diligently and us applying the elasticity of it. It's bendable. And I am currently attempting this within my own challenge in the United States of America federal court system. I feel the Constitution is our only saving grace as it relates to the amendments that eventually granted individuals of African descent, of Asian descent, of all descent to have what was promised in the preamble, we the people. And the courts being one of the three branches of the United States government has the ultimate task in correcting the abuse. So I feel the Constitution being applied to the entities that began from 1619, which are still in attack, can correct a lot of the injustice that has happened and is still happening to individuals based off of racial classification. And um, I'm just hopeful that the coming generation will really study the document diligently and apply it through the Universal Human Rights Declaration, which I feel holds the real hope of bringing clarity to the world and I am a Rastafari through His Imperial Majesty Haile Selassie 
who reminds us that until the philosophy which holds one race superior and another inferior is permanently and finally discredited, until a color of a man's skin is of no more significant than the color of his eye, this until became Bob Marley's song known as War. We are not seeking or preaching war, but we know we Africans will win because we are confident in the victory of good over evil. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. You're very welcome.